welcome to day two of the Six Days in December podcast. I'm Sheila Vance, the author of the ebook Six Days in December General George Washington and the Continental Army's Encampment on Rebel Hill, December 13th to 19th, 1777, which is a prequel to my novel Becoming Valley Forge. You can find both books on Amazon. Just Google them if you want more information. So let's get started. In previous two episodes, I did an introduction to the encampment on Rebel Hill where I grew up. And I did an episode on day one. So now we're moving on. Day two, December 14th, 1777. Hardship plagues the Continental Army at the Gulf which is what uh, people at that time called, what we call today, Gulf Mills. So, we begin. On December 14, 1777, the condition of the 11,000 members of the Continental Army at Gulf Mills and Rebel Hill was one of extreme hardship. The soldiers' tents were not dry for two more days. There was little, if any, food. Dr. Albigence Walbo, Surgeon General to the Continental Army and a member of the Connecticut Brigade wrote, quote, Prisoners and deserters are continually coming in. The Army, which has been surprisingly healthy hitherto, now begins to grow sickly from the continued fatigues they have suffered this campaign. Yet they still show a spirit of alacrity and contentment not to be expected from so young troops. I am sick and discontented out of home, poor food, hard lodging, weather cold, fatigue, nasty clothes. What sweet felicities I have left at home. A charming wife, pretty children, good cooking, all agreeable, all harmonious. Nasty clothes, nasty cookery, vomit half my time, smoked out my senses. The devil in it, I can't endure it. Why are we sent here to starve and freeze? Here, all confusion. Smoke and cold, hunger and filthiness, a pox on my bad luck. There comes a bowl of soup, beef soup, full of burnt leaves and dirt, sickish enough to make a Hector spew. Away with it, boys. I'll live like the chameleon upon air. Po, po, cries patience within me. You talk like a fool. Your being sick covers your mind with a melancholic gloom, which makes everything about you appear gloomy. See the poor soldier, when in health, with what cheerfulness he meets his foes and encounters every hardship. If barefoot, he labors through the mud and cold with a song in his mouth, extolling war in Washington. If his food be bad, he eats it, notwithstanding, with seeming content. Blesses God for a good stomach and whistles it into digestion. But hark ye, patience, a moment, there comes a soldier. His worn-out shoes, his legs nearly naked from the remains of an only pair of stockings, his breeches not enough to cover his nakedness, his shirt hanging in strings, his hair disheveled, his face meager, his whole appearance pictures a person forsaken and discouraged. He comes and cries with an air of wretchedness and despair. I am sick, my feet lame, my legs are sore, my body covered with a tormenting itch, my clothes are worn out, my constitution broken, I fail fast, and all the reward I get is... Poor Will is dead. People who live in at home in luxury and ease, quietly possessing their habitation, 
enjoying their wives and families in peace, have but a very faint idea of the unpleasing sensations and continual anxiety. The man who endures, who is in camp, and is the husband and parent of an agreeable family. These same people are willing we should suffer everything for their benefit and advantage, and yet are the first to condemn us for not doing more. End quote. General Washington continues to issue orders to help get his troops settled, and he writes to the President of Congress about the Army's movement into the Gulf and the Army's December 11th skirmishes with the British in White Marsh and the Gulf. And I'll get to General Washington's general orders in the next segment of this podcast. From General George Washington, General Orders, Headquarters at the Gulf, December 14, 1777. Parole, Raritan, Countersigned, Schuylkill, Delaware. The regiments of Horace are to draw provisions of any issuing commissary lying most convenient to them upon proper returns therefore. Such of the baggage as is not absolutely necessary for the troops and all the commissaries and other stores are to remain on this side of the Gulf. Washington also wrote to the President of Congress, headquarters near the Gulf, December 14, 1777. On Thursday morning, we marched from our old encampment and intended to pass the Schuylkill at Madison's Ford, where a bridge had been laid across the river. When the first division and a part of the second had passed, they found a body of the enemy, consisting from the best accounts we have been able to obtain, of 4,000 men, under Lord Cornwallis, possessing themselves of the heights on both sides of the road, leading from the river and the, the defile called the Gulf, which I presume are well known to some part of your honorable body. This unexpected event obliged such of our troops as had crossed to repass and prevented our getting over till the succeeding night. This maneuver on the part of the enemy was not in consequence of any information they had of our movement, but was designed to secure the pass whilst they were foraging in the neighboring country. They were met in their advance by General Potter with part of the Pennsylvania militia, who behaved with bravery and gave them every possible opposition till they were obliged to retreat from their superior numbers. Had we been an hour sooner or had had the least information of the measure, I am persuaded we should have given his lordship a fortunate stroke or obliged him to have returned without effecting his purpose or drawn out all General Howe's force to have supported him. Our first intelligence was that it was all out. He collected a good deal of forage and returned to the city the night we passed the river. No discrimination marked his proceedings. All property, whether friends or foes that came in their way, was seized and carried off. This is the end of day two. Tomorrow, onward to day three. Thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow. Peace.